Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. There's a number of you that have uh, been faithful in watching online, and I just, I, I just say thank you. Uh, and those of you that are, are watching online that may not even be from this church, uh, we just say, God bless you. May God speak into your hearts. May God work in your heart and life, in your home, in your families, to your loved ones, your, your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, your co-workers, whoever it may be that God would work through you, that God would work through all of us at this time, as was already given the the end of time the end of these this time is at hand the the end is near and we need to be doing the work of the lord praise god last uh week i i started a series uh called anointed and how how many of you desire the same anointing that was on jesus christ how many of you want the same anointing okay I, well, yeah come on I, you know what? The same power that was on Jesus Christ is available for us today. And in fact, he desires to walk in the, in the fullness of his spirit in these last days. And even as it was poured out, the, the anointing of the, the Holy Spirit was poured out 2,000 years ago. In Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and there's a reason they, they call those that are anointed and, and baptized in the Holy Spirit Pentecostals, because the very first time it happened was on the day of Pentecost, it was one of the, the festival of first fruits, and, and uh, it was about harvest, and there, it was a celebration time that they'd been doing for over a thousand years already. But on this particular day of Pentecost, as it had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This was in fulfillment to what Jesus said. I want you, I'm going to be leaving this planet, and once... Once I leave, I want you to wait until you've received the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want you to tarry. So they, they continued daily in the temple. They were, they were praising and worshiping God. And there was this, this thing of anticipation. And there, so there was a, a, a one accord in one place. And the, the Holy Spirit came upon them. This was prophesied 2,800 years ago. 800 years before it happened, Joel, in chapter 2, we can read it. Verse 28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This morning we already heard a word as the Holy Spirit unctioned a handmaiden uh, to, to share. And already last week she said to me, uh, I think it was Wednesday or last Sunday, she said, Pastor, I have a word from the Lord. And even as she gave it, this is the unctioning of the Holy Spirit upon us to speak the word of God. 
And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. The Lord is coming soon. And it shall, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Praise God. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. The, the Lord is calling a remnant, and the Lord desires to work through that remnant in these last days so that people will call upon his name. This is our last service here for the next six weeks. So as a result of our government, now, about this, let me just share this. I have felt there's, there's I did not, when I heard this, I, I felt a piece about what was going on. Do I, do I desire, do we need to be in the house of the Lord? Absolutely. And, and so basically, the doors will be open. Uh, we have prayer basically every single day, Monday to Saturday, except for Sunday. But I have no problem. We, what we, one of the things that we will be doing, we're, we're looking to go uh, live stream. So far, most of, the, of our recordings, 99% of the recording has always been uh, when we were, we were off uh, in lockdown was always pre-recorded and then given at the time. So we may, either this next Sunday or the following Sunday, we will be going uh, to live streaming at this time, which means it's going to be recorded live here uh, at, at the time, at, at, at 10 o'clock. So uh, we were, go we're going to be, uh, if you go to the website, I know some of you have been going to uh, YouTube direct and plunking in uh, Lighthouse Niagara. Um, and uh, so go to the website. We may be doing it directly from the website. And uh, so that uh, you, there will be also the opportunity for worship. So we'll see how that works out. And uh, so that we can hear the, have the worship as well uh, on our website. If we go to YouTube, there's a possibility that we can get shut down because we're uh, using other music or whatever. Uh, and uh, anyways, licensing and all that kind of stuff. However, uh, check us out on, online. Now, regarding this lockdown, you might say, Pastor, come on, come on. You need to stand up. I have been this close so many times, as you know, to saying, okay, now we need to stand up. Now, you, you already mentioned it at this time. You said that we... We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And we have to, so the timing of it is when we stand up as a, as a church to say now is the time that we need to stand up. I have not felt in my spirit at this point that we need to, as a church, say, no, we're not following uh, the, the government res regulations. Now, I, I recognize there's a whole range of, of views you have across this sanctuary and those listening online. You have a view, your personal view. Let me just say this. 
One of the things that I, as a pastor over the years, I've had to hear from the Lord on a weekly basis. This is not something I say, oh, now I need to listen and wait on the Lord. I have to wait on the Lord every single time that I open up my mouth. I don't just say, well, you know what? I'm going to open the Word of God today, and I'm going to preach from Isaiah 53. That's where, I, wow, just plunked on Isaiah 53. I'm saying to you at this time, I can preach on, I can make a message or a sermon on any, any verse. I need to wait and hear from the Lord. And the timing, there's things that we've already put into place. The last, we've had seven weeks now on Thursday nights. The last Thursday night, for those that were here on Thursday night, what a powerful time of prayer and also of praise and worship. There was a worship that went up on Thursday night. As we were interceding, we were praying, Lord, we need direction at this time. It was interesting, yesterday, as I called the pastor's council, just after the news, I, I, I said on Friday, I said, listen, we're going to be getting together, and we need to have, uh, I, I want to hear from you what the Lord's put on your heart as well. But the amazing thing was, we were all in agreement. I, I spoke last. We were all in agreement. Now is not the time. Now, I recognize there's different protests, and there's different things going on. And you do what you feel the Lord is putting on your heart at this point, personally. But as a church, we are at a place, and that we would take this time in the, in the, the coming, the next six weeks or whatever the length. It's the day that we're supposed to be finished is on May 19th. It's a Wednesday night, May 19th. That, next, that very next Sunday is the 23rd, which is Pentecost Sunday. Last week already I said the, the message, the series, will be leading up as, especially to Pentecost Sunday. Now, there's nothing, when I say Pentecost Sunday, where, where, where are you every year? If you Google it, what's Pentecost Sunday for 2021? It's, it's around the Jewish calendar. And it's, there's 50 days. Pentecost, Pente is 50 50 days from the Passover, from the time of the Passover, there's 50 days. And then, then it's the day of Pentecost. We're over the course of the next number of, of weeks. The focus, and not to say we won't pray for other things, but the focus of prayer here at the church will be, Lord, we need the outpouring of your spirit like never before to do the work that the church needs to do in these last days. Because it is a work that is a powerful church, a powerful work, and the Lord desires for the church to be a glorious church. I had somebody say to me on the other day, a person that's not a believer, had said, is the building the church? Is the building the church? As we were driving right up to the corner here, is the building the church? This building is not the church. It is just a building where we assemble together. The church is people that follow Jesus Christ, that have given their life to Jesus Christ, and they are saved, and they, they are believers in who Jesus is and what he did for them on the cross, and they follow him, that is the church. This is just a building where we meet. 
Now, I say all of that to say this. In these last days, the church needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so there's going to be a focus and emphasis of prayer. And even as our, our pastor's councils, the elders got together yesterday, we were all in agreement and that we would monitor as we go along at the right time, we will say, so I want you guys to keep in tune. And there, there may be a point that we just say, you know what, and, and once again, it'll be a personal, personal decision that you make that we say, you know what, now's the time that we have to say we can no longer follow the mandate of the government and we need to gather together and we need to exalt the Lord and we need to do a work of the Lord. And I know some of you are a little bit, you might say, Pastor, and once again, it's a personal thing bef between you and the Lord. But one day I have to give an account before the Lord as to what I did as a pastor. I'll tell you, I take this task seriously. Because I will one day stand before the Lord. And Jesus will say, what did you do with the, the mandate that I gave you to, to shepherd the flock in these last days? So, I take this very seriously. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings 5 verse 8. 2 Kings 5 verse 8. And I, I want you to, to know at this point that I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. I am so excited about what the Lord is doing. And I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want you to be strengthened this morning. I don't want you to uh, do not be sidetracked this morning. I want you to grab a hold of the word of the Lord. I want you, in 2 Kings 5, verse 8, it says, So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. You might say, what is this tearing of clothes? And, and this ma the message today, uh, this part two of the anointed, anointed series is, why have you torn your clothes? It's a question mark. When a person at that time would tear their clothes, there was a sign of, it was a sign of ultimate frustration. Not a frustration that think I'm not getting my way. It was more a frustration that was, was revolving around a sense of hopelessness. I'm, I'm just, there's nothing that I can do. And not just hopelessness. We're talking in with, mixed in with that is fear. We're talking about a, a, an emotional state. That is extreme. Frustration, hopelessness, and fear all mingle together. As there's a sense of there is no way out. And there's a tearing of the clothes. The clothing. He literally was tearing his clothing, the king. 
This is the king of Israel. There's no solution. There's no way out. I am finished. There's nothing I can do. Listen, some of you may feel like that, or you felt like that at different points in your life. There's no way out. At this point, with what's going on in our society, you say, there's no way out. We got to do something. We've got to do something. And the things that we may do, there's no change, even with the things that we may do, because we are depending on ourselves. You know what? We are perhaps in this place where you may, you might feel like, oh, my goodness, I want to, to, to just tear my clothes. You know what? When I heard, when I heard the, the latest news about this ramping up of the, of the lockdown, there was a peace of God that just came over me. There was a sense of the fact that God is in control, regardless of what the government may say, and regardless of what we may try or attempt to do in our own human wisdom and strength. God is in control. Hallelujah. Last week, just like my sister, you were attacked this, was it, was it yesterday or was it? So, so it was just, a, just in this past week, the other day, there was an attack, and the attack was, was extreme. I was attacked physically, not this yesterday, but the week before Saturday, to the point where I, I've never felt this way. I was writhing in pain for about an hour, almost two hours. I did whatever I could. I did... Didn't matter whether, whatever it was, I, I was praying to God, I was speaking in tongues, I was pleading the blood, and I was going through a battle. And there was a need for ministry to take place. I know, I, I thank God. There was one point that I was, I was, it wasn't very long, that I was sort of laughing because I could not believe how extreme the pain was. And I was like, like, I was just soaking wet from the pain. But as the saints began to pray, there's, there's points and there's times where we can't get through it on our own. We need each other and we need people to minister to us because we can't get through it on our own. We need to come together in love and we need to, to love one another and we need to minister to one another. I talked about this on, on Wednesday, the word minister or ministry has to do not so much with how we interact with each other. That's a huge part of it. But first and foremost, it is the execution of a command, the command of a master. The minister minister executes the word or command of the master. I'll tell you right now, our commander-in-chief, king of kings and lord of lords, the lamb of God that was slain, desires for us to minister to one another. And because of love, there was ministry that took place. The king was tearing his clothing because of the situation he was in. And at this time, as we look, why was he in that situation? We, we read of an interesting story 
that is taking place. And if you go to the beginning of, of that fifth chapter in 2 Kings, you read about a man that was not even in the country. He wasn't even a Jew. He wasn't a Hebrew. He was not part of Israel. In fact, he was a commander of the army of the, Syri of the king of Syria, and his name was Naaman. Now, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. Interesting. All things are in control. Even in, in every single country, the Lord is allowing for certain things to happen. He is in control. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. He was a leper. Now, we don't have much of leprosy. I just was reading up on that this morning. And uh, so it's, they're down to maybe about, I don't know, 200,000 people that might have leprosy at this point. And basically, there's an attack. It's a, it's a bacteria. They found that there's, there's a bacteria that comes in, and it, it affects your skin. It hardens the skin. There's patches all over, and it affects the extremities, especially with the nerve endings, so you don't feel things at the end. And there's a deterioration of the extremities as things progress. Becomes it's, and, and in the Old Testament and New Testament times, it was something that there was no human cure for. Now, at this point in time, they know what it is, and there's treatment towards it, and they're, they're eradicating or they're, they're getting rid of, of cases of leprosy. At that time, there was no way to deal with it. If you were leprous, if you were a leper, uh, basically, you, you had it. You were, uh, you, there was no way out from being cured. You know what? Leprosy is like sin, in the man, it is incurable by man. Sin is incurable by us. And it doesn't matter how great and honorable this man was. He was a mighty man of valor. A great and honorable man in the eyes of, of his master. It doesn't matter how great and honorable you may be, but all of us are lepers when it comes to sin. Sin untreated will destroy each and every person. I just want to say this. Today, the great concern is a health concern. Whether it's heart disease or cancer or mental health, it is of concern, and it's been of concern for decades and, e and centuries. At this point, one, of, one that has taken a lot of attention and there's, there's a lot of impact is because of COVID. And with so many of these things, there seems to be no cure. How are we going to get through this? Man attempts to deal with these various ailments by their own hand. And we've seen that along the way. But I'll tell you right now, much worse than COVID is sin. One sin kills you. There is no human cure for sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, is what it says in Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. The payment for one sin is death. And we're not talking physical death. We're talking spiritual death. We're talking a separation from God. And people are, the moment they sin, the very first time, there's a conscious decision to sin, whatever age that might be, two, three, four years of age, five years of age, six years of age, there is a death that takes place spiritually. We are dead in trespasses in sins. But I want to say that as dark as those two passages are, they are cloaked and wrapped and enveloped by the greatest solution that there is for sin. Praise God for his finished work on the cross for us, his sacrifice for us, his blood shed for us that gives us a solution to something that's much worse than, than COVID, a solution to sin. In verse 2, 2 Kings 5, verse 2, it says, And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's life, wife. This young girl, on one of the raids, this young girl was taken from her home. Who knows how old she was? 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14. She was a young girl. She was not an adult. She was taken from her home. She was taken from her parents. She was taken from her family. She was taken to another land to, to, by these raiders that had come in. And she was not sure of her future. She was alone. And I know sometimes we feel like that in our own condition, our own situation. We feel like we've been taken out from a place of comfort, and we definitely have been. We've been taken out of that place, and we are alone. We're not sure of our future, and there's a fear that's over us, perhaps. But as we read through this passage, we recognize she's not just taken from her home, but she is captive. She's a slave girl. She's not able to do what she wants. She has to serve. Who knows what time she had to get up in the morning. I have to get up. I, I, need to, I, I have to start doing maybe cleaning or preparing breakfast or making breakfast, whatever it may be. She, this girl could have been indifferent, in fact, to, to her captor and, his, and, and, and the fact that he had leprosy. She could have been indifferent. She could have said, you know what? Serves you. You took me from my home. I'm glad you have leprosy. And I hope you just rot away. That's not how she responded to this situation. She could have been indifferent toward her, her, her captor, her master at this point. She could have even hated him. Oh, I hate the moment I get a chance. I'm going to do something. And there's a bitterness that could have been growing within her regarding her situation, but that was not the case. Listen, there are times where we are in a place where we, we, we're either indifferent towards others and we don't care. The Lord desires to do a work through us to minister to others. In fact, he would command us that we would execute the things of ministry to others. We would minister to others. 
and the power of love, motivated by love, because we care, we love. Love cares. We care. When you love somebody, you care for them. You may not know them, but you care for them. Hallelujah. Love puts aside the wrongs. Love forgives. Love ministers even to those that have wronged you. There's a caring that takes place because there's a love. I'll tell you, this kind of love comes from God. To be able to love somebody that, that basically, who knows, maybe this man was, was leading that raid into Israel, and he saw this girl, he says, you know what? She'll work out perfectly for my wife at home. And he took her. Perhaps he took her. We don't, we don't know. It doesn't say. But perhaps he was the one that, that w had taken her. This, this little girl, this young girl, chose to minister. We can minister to one another. There's something powerful, powerful about ministering to each other. And we don't, not just ministering in our own strength, but ministering in the power of God. Our sister said, hey, the end of, of things is at hand. You're, we're living in these last days that we would be serious and we'd be watchful and serious in our prayers. And that we would love. Above all, that we would love. And as we begin, we can minister in powerful ways. I'm going to, I want to call Jane. Jane, why, why don't you come up? Can you just share something? There was ministry that took place. I, I want you to just share what, what your situation was. And uh, so this is Jane. <laughs> and I, and it's, it's so good to have Jane here at, at Lighthouse. And I know you, you've been uh, coming since last fall. And, and there's, a, there's a work that's been going on in your heart of, of, of giving your life to Jesus and just grabbing a hold of Jesus. But I want you to share about you were struggling with some things and, and, and how uh, there's ministry that took place and what happened. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm glad everybody's here tonight, today, <laughs> this morning. I want to share my testimony um, about the uh, power of prayer and the uh, power of togetherness. Uh, might everybody might experience that already but something i experienced me personally and it's really touched my uh, heart and make my belief so uh stronger um i'll try to make a story short <laughs> don't take so much time um i got the opportunity to um, uh, participate in some project uh, in church and um uh, right now, I um, start. Th uh, right now, I couldn't uh, do that, and um, due to um, you know everybody's 2021 uh, going through some difficulties, and uh, the world is going crazy, and uh, I um, was dealing with the anxiety and depression. So, and that was start affecting my health. And um, to the project, what I want to do with the church, it's mm, the, 
Yeah, I was um, offering to uh, be in a cooking project for the cook for the homeless, and I do really love cook and uh, have my passion. But to uh, you know participate in this project, I kind of to dealing with anxiety, I start to self medicate myself, and uh, well, start to. Um, eating sugar a lot, <laughs> so it does affect my my health. And um, I uh, I realize so I cannot do right now this project because of that you know temptation of that um, the sugary food. Uh, cookie, yes, cookies. <laughs> well, it's obvious that it's obvious you wanted to make cookies, and and so. If you've ever had any of Jane's cookies, they're amazing. And not just cookies, but they're decorated amazingly. And uh, so with, with some of the temptations, she's realizing, oh, I can't do this project. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so I just understand, so I need to take care of my health first to be stronger a little bit. And then maybe later on, I will come back to that uh, uh, project. Anyway, that's the story, not about that. The story about the power of prayer and power of togetherness. So I battle myself is, you know, take care, try to take care of myself and uh, dealing with lots of pains and uh, anxieties, attacks, and uh, just by myself. And I do really have beliefs, so uh, our faith in Lord, it will be uh, help us go through. And uh, I underestimate of power of prayer to get and togetherness so I um, mm, I postponed my project uh, to ch uh, help to visit ch um, uh, work with the church and um, I say I will come back later and then on the next day I sent something different energy on me the pain I used to have every day and what I'm battled and anxiety, there was a peace. There was a peace and calmness. Um, sorry. I was so thankful to, you know, at least have like one day of calmness and peaceness around you. So on the next day, I sent the same thing. And, um, I can sense that, so because of the, I talked um, about my depression and the anxiety to the church, I, I talked to the Nathan, I, Nathan, Pastor Nathan, yes, and I say, well, I cannot join and uh, participate in the project, and uh, he said, okay, well, you, when you will be better, you'll come back. And. Um, and the next day, I sensed that peace in me, and, uh, and another day uh, continues. And uh, the things start to get better. And I just so sensed that that was a prayer on me. Even I didn't ask about prayer. I sensed that the, my church, where I go, they uh, support me. They, uh, they did prayer. So I... <laughs> I connect to the um, Pastor Nathan and I just say thank you for your prayers. Even you don't tell me you did, but I see the difference and I sense that you did. 
So, and he said, yes, well, that's wonderful. You know, you uh, realize that and you can see, I can see it because we did pray for you. And uh, he said, we're glad you uh, recognize that prayer. So what I want to uh, say it again, uh, I realize when uh, you battle by yourself, yes, we do have a power like a sin single a candle but when it's candles a lot together, we are power, and we uh, produce lots of lights together, right? So don't underestimate uh, prayers together and be it together. So together we all can defeat the darkness, and we can all support each other and um, support each other flame of light. So, yeah, so thank you so much, and I'm so appreciate every single one here. So all together we are power. Thank you. Our, our Lord is great and is a power. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jane. And uh, I, I just thank the Lord that uh, truly as we pray for each other, as we uh, undergird each other, there is a work that can be done because of love. Because we love and we, we care about each other. We need to pray for each other. And the Lord, I know, desires to do works in this day and age that, that are greater even than the works that were done in the past in the power of his spirit upon us as we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. His name is above all. And we can overcome situations uh, that... that are of whether it's depression, whatever addiction, or whatever it may be. There's times where you may need to call somebody, let us know, or let somebody know, can you pray for me? Just like for myself, it was I needed to get somebody to pray for me in this situation, to minister to me. And there was a breaking as the prayers went up of the saints. In Jesus' name, let there be a work done, and there was a work accomplished to set free. There's times where we can get through it by praise and worship and whatever. We praise and worship even in the battle. But I'll tell you, there's, we need the power of, of the Lord in our lives. And as we are able to minister to one another, we would minister to others. There's times where the Lord is saying, go pray for that person. Or call on the elders. Let them anoint you with oil. Let them pray for you. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. This young girl says to her, her mistress, to the, to the wife of the master, of this, this commander of, of, of the armies of, of Syria. It says in verse 3, Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were, the, uh, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. This girl knew about the prophet Elisha. She knew about the God that he served. And, and I would say that not only did she know that, that God or that, that prophet, but she knew God personally. I trust in the Lord Jesus. I trust in God, Jehovah. He's going to take care of me, and he can do a work for my master. Do we recognize the power of God that's available to us at this time? Do we recognize that power? God desires to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that works in 
us. There is a, oftentimes we look at things humanly and we just say, well, there's nothing that can be done. This young girl, she says, no, there's a God that, uh, that I serve, the God of Israel that, that uh, is there that is able to do a work that I cannot do. There is a solution. There is a solution to, to every situation and regardless of what it is whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's heart disease, whether it's, there's an addiction, whether there's a bondage, whatever it may be. Sin, the worst of all these things, the Lord Jesus takes care of it all. One solution, one answer to every condition. And as I, as I opened, flipped open my Bible here, Isaiah 53, I'm, I'm going to tie into that. I'll tell you, every single condition taken care of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Every single thing. And at this time, that there would be a grabbing a hold of the one that is able to do a work. Hallelujah. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. God wants to do a work powerfully in our lives and even in the life of those that don't know him yet. The life of those that are, are bound up in whatever it may be, God desires to do a work at this point. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. If we calculate the cost of these things, we are talking millions of dollars, three, four million dollars this man took with him to go to the king of Israel to say, hey, there needs to be a healing. It says in verse 6, then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman, my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. The king was saying, This is a setup. I'll tell you right now, we are in a situation today that is impossible. I, I know there was a frustration. There's a frustration that's across this land, this, this, this land, around this globe. There's extreme of, from one end, of complete fear. Our life is, we just live every day in fear. Am I going to catch COVID or not? To the other extreme that says, you know what, I don't, I don't care. You know what, I don't, I don't believe that COVID exists. Wherever you may be on that extreme. The Lord desires for there to be a work accomplished in the church through the believer at this time. For those that are in a position, wherever they may be, whether they are in a position of fear or, or indifference and whatever it may be and, and, and anything in between, because as bad as COVID is, the sin condition is much, much worse. You know what? We cannot, listen, as an individual, 
believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, and as a church, we cannot be distracted by COVID. We cannot be distracted from the mission, the, the command that the Lord Jesus gave to us that in these last days, we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to minister to those that are living in fear. We need to minister to those that are hurting, those that are, are, are dead in trespasses and sins. We cannot be distracted by the situation that we're in because God is sovereign and God, the Lord Jesus has commanded, I want you to go out. I want you to go out. I want you to interact. I want you to connect. And I want you to do so in the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants for us to operate in the power, the same power that was on Jesus Christ. He desires to be on us. The Spirit without measure. There's no measure. As, as John the Baptist said, you know what? Jesus, I have the Spirit in measure, but Jesus... He has the spirit without measure, and it is that same spirit without measure that desires to flow through us in these last days. That we would not be distracted from the fact that the kingdom of God is at hand. It is as close as your mouth and what you speak when it comes to the gospel, and people can be saved as they hear the gospel of Jesus. We are so concerned about ourselves at times and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and, and, and so many things about our lives that are being impacted by COVID. I'm saying to you, the Lord desires to work through you that you would not be distracted by these things. That there would be a message of Jesus Christ that goes out powerfully in these last days. There needs to be a... a fervency about us about spreading the gospel are you as fervent in what you do as as you should be when it comes to the sharing of the gospel we we, we get caught up in different things let's not be sidetracked whether you're fearful or whether you're indifferent and whatever you may be in between there is a problem that needs to be dealt with, whether it's in our own lives or whether it's in the life of, of, of a loved one, our children, our grandchildren, our neighbor, our coworker. That is a condition that is much worse than, than COVID today. I pray to God that there would not be an indifference when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody else. The only solution for, for overcoming any situation, whether it is the fear of COVID or contracting COVID or whatever, and you feel that you are losing it. This passage has become so real to me. 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. In 1 Corinthians 1.23, it says, But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, as we grab a hold of this message of the cross, of preaching Christ crucified, to those that are called, whether you're a Jew or a Greek or whoever you may be, 
Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. The power and wisdom of God flow through the message of the cross, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I'll tell you, it is for every situation. Whatever you may be going through, you know I've been preaching this for years already. Look what it says in 2 Kings 5 verse 8. So the king's tearing his clothing. He's in a place of frustration. He's a place of hopelessness, of fear. This is a setup. He just wants to come and fight, and we're not, we, we won't be able to win the battle. Verse 8, so it was when Elisha, the man of God. And I want to stop right there. The man of God. I pray to God that we would be men and women of God in these last days. I'm not talking about wimps. I am talking about this little girl that was not afraid to talk about the God of, of, of the prophet Elisha. Not afraid to say, listen, that we would be men and women of God at this time. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Why are you in this position? Why are you in this condition mentally, emotionally? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. You say, I'm not a prophet. I'll tell you right now. In 1 Peter 4, it talks about each one of us being a minister, each one of us being an oracle of God. Either an oracle we would speak or we would minister, one or the other or even both. I want you to know that you would hear from the Lord, you would be sensitive to his spirit, that you would be a man and woman of God, a young person, even a child. I'm going to be a child of God. We're all children of God that we would be oracles, we would be prophets, that we would hear from the Lord and we would speak the things of the Lord. We need men and women of God today operating in the power of God in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. We need to be oracles of God in these last days. A few weeks back, we got together Pastor Nathan, Pastor Joel, myself, another young man that said, hey, I want to be a part of this. Daniel, it's good to have you say, I want to, I want to be used by God. Daniel, you would be used by God, that we would be used by God. I just want to be, and we, and we sat together, and we prayed, and, we, and there was a, a, a drafting of a proposal that would be, could be shared with whether it's the mayor of our, our city or whether it's the premier of our province or whether it's the prime minister of this, this country. Right here. According to the Canadian Chart of Rights and Free Freedoms, which recognizes on the first line, recognizes on the very first line, whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. 
thank God for godly men and women years ago that made sure that there was this in our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I want you to know, and we're not talking about being militant or whatever. We are talking about the church being the church in these last days and moving and operating as, as oracles of God, as men and women of God in these, in these times to bring about what God wants to bring about. And that is a solution, not just for COVID, but a solution for the, the, the greatest problem that we have, which is sin. Listen, and if you're listening online today, if you are, are not saved, I'll tell you right now, you might say, save from what? Save from your sins. If you are living in sin, and I want to say this to the believer as well, if you are practicing sin, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You need to repent. Because there's not much time left. When that trumpet sounds and you are living and just indifferent about practicing of sin, When that trumpet sounds, you will be left behind. The only solution is Jesus Christ and him crucified, the message of the cross. If there's things that you need to make right, you make them right. You repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, but repentance is not enough. You need to believe in the gospel, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is the message of the cross because it deals with sin. Jesus took care of the sins that we might be having or facing or going through, that we may even be practicing. And the Lord is saying, you can overcome. Praise God. You might say, Pastor, do you, do, have you ever sinned? Yeah. Absolutely. But I'll tell you right now that I would not practice sin. Just saying, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. And practicing sin. You say, Pastor, do you practice sin? Absolutely not. Do I still slip and fall? I haven't arrived yet. As Paul says, I haven't attained yet, but I press on. That we would press on. That we would be men and women of God operating in the power of God. And the things that we say, you say, Pastor, but I'm not a speaker. You just you share about Jesus. People need Jesus. People need a hope in these last days. A man of God, a woman of God, an oracle of God. God desires to, to work through us powerfully. I don't know who I'm going to be speaking to, but I'll tell you in the next six weeks, it'll be interesting to see how things go. I'm praying, Lord, you give me the time. I'm saying to my young pastors that over a month ago, almost a month ago that we, seven pages this is what God would, would have us do. So, Pastor Joel, Pastor Nathan, Daniel, I don't know when that time is. I'm waiting on the Lord. I do not want to run ahead of the Lord. When the time comes, we will speak as men of God. We will speak as oracles of God and that the church would be the church in these last days doing what the church needs to do. You are the church. It's not a building. It's people. Hallelujah. I want to I close. Can we stand together? If I could have the worship team come. Those two passages that I read that are of hopelessness, 
All have fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. These two passages are wrapped in the most beautiful demonstration of love. In Romans 6, verse 20, it says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. In fact, there was no righteousness on, on you. You were a slave of sin. You were free from righteousness. You were unrighteous, in other words. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Where did sin lead you? Where does sin lead, lead you? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your, to, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, which you grabbed a hold of. Thank you, Jesus. You, he took care of our sins. In Romans 3, verse 21, it says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, you can't get your righteousness by keeping the law. You can't be good enough. I can't be good enough by doing all the things of the law, all the commandments. I can't do it. The commandments are good. The law is good. But I can't keep the law. And if I break just one law, I, one command, I've broken them all, and the, the consequence is the same. I'm separated from God. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law, not by keeping the law, is it a, it's apart from the law, even the righteousness of God, how? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. The righteousness of God coming through faith in Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely, being made right before God freely, didn't cost us anything. We did it by faith. He did, did all the work. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood. There was a payment for you. There was a cost on His part this propitiation to, to, to buy and get you, deliver you from the thing of sin. And it was by his blood and through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of in his forbearance, his patience, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Of all the sins of the past, he passes over because they've been taken care of by Jesus. Any sin in the present that I might slip and fall. I'm not talking about practicing sin. I'm talking about if I slip and fall, the Lord's taking care of it because my faith remains in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. All the sins or any sin I may commit in the future, as my faith remains in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross, it's taken care of. I say, thank you, Lord. Can we not give thanks to the Lord for this? Hallelujah. We don't need to tear our clothes. We don't need to be fearful of COVID. We, we don't need to be consumed by it. We, we don't need to be distracted by it. We don't need to be fearful of sin or consumed by it, doing it or, or distracted by it. But rather, we need to place our faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
at this time and that we would bring as many as we can as we are men and women of God and oracles of God that they would know the power of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name, that there would be many that would come to know him in the coming weeks. You say, Pastor, will you know when it's time? <coughs> yes. Yes. And in fact, I believe it won't be just me. You will know as well. Oh, my goodness. Now's the time to stand up. We will know. We will know. Because we are children of God. We will know. And when it is time, you say, Pastor, are you going to stand up? You better believe. I will stand up. Not because of how great I am, but because of how great he is. He is above all at the right time. And it will, there will be things done in the power of God and in a demonstration of the spirit and of power and in the love of God, it will be done. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know what song to sing, but just before you sing um, and before we worship, uh, I just want to say a quick prayer. And for those of you that might be in a place of, of practicing sin or you're in a place of, uh, and let, let me just say about practicing sin, there's no more remorse over sin. If you're in that place, man, you need, you need the Lord. Because I'll tell you right now, you are out of the kingdom of God. If there's no more remorse over sin, you're in a bad place. I'll tell you, the Lord loves you. And he desires for you to be a part of an eternity with him. And beginning here on this side of heaven. But I want to pray a prayer that if we could all pray together. For those that are either online or here in this sanctuary or in the gym. Wherever they may be in this building. We get right with the Lord. So let's just pray together. Jesus, you are my righteousness. You are my defense. I've been in a place that I've been apart from you. I don't care about my sin. And I've been sinning. But I'm coming to you at this time. And I'm making things right. I confess my sin. I need you, Lord. I believe that the answer is in your death. Your shed blood for us. Your broken body. That you overcame death and hell. And you are seated on the right hand of the Father. I'm inviting you into my life. That you would be my master. You would be my Lord. And that I would walk by faith in who you are, Jesus, and what you did for me daily. My faith would be in you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just pray. I pray that there will be an infilling and empowering of each and every one of us, that the name of Jesus 
would be proclaimed in our lives, that you would be above all. Lord, I pray for the, the power that there, there's, there is no fear in your, in, in your love. And, and by, by faith in you, there is no, there, no more fear, Lord, as our faith turns to you and who you are. Lord, I pray for revelation at this time of, of, of your majesty, your glory, your authority, your power, your wisdom to each and every one especially to, to those that are struggling. Lord, I pray that there be a strengthening of faith, that their faith would not falter, their faith in you would grow stronger and stronger each and every day, that they would know, I don't have to be afraid. Lord, I rebuke anything of the spirit of fear in any life of anxiety, or the leading to depression, whatever it may be, I rebuke it now in Jesus' name that it must leave. And I pray the peace of God that passes all understanding we keep the hearts and minds of each and every one here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's worship him. Let's take this time. And um, in the coming weeks, I want you to pray like never before. Pray seriously. The work of the Lord would be accomplished through us. The Holy Spirit would empower us. If you are coming here for prayer, uh, it will be regular prayer times. And uh, we are going to believe that God will do a powerful work. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.